I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Chief around here. Yeah, you see me, the tribal chief. That's right. And looking forward to the 15th, the Funker. <laughs> oh, Cactus Jack, one on one, me and you. <laughs> you know, I can't stand your flagellating family. <laughs> You know what I'm going to do, me and you, April the 15th? I'm going to kill you. That's right. I'm going to kill Cactus Jack. I may get the chair, but I'm going to kill him. No, I'm going to tell you what. I might just torture him, and then I'm going to kill him. No, I may kill him, and then I'm going to torture him. No, I'll tell you what. I'm going to castrate him first, then I'm going to kill him, and then I'm going to torture him. No, whoa, wait a minute. What am I going to do? I'm going to castrate him, kill him. Torture him, and then I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to strap him into the bumper of my 55 Buick, and I'm going to pull that son of a bitch down the main street of Philadelphia. That's what I'm going to do. Do you ever look at Cactus Jack? Did you ever look at his face? Oh, what a face he's got. If I had a face like him, I'd have it circumcised. <laughs> oh, I am looking so forward to this. Shane Douglas, I've had enough of you and your comments about people that I love and I respect. And Cactus Jack, I've had enough of your body, of your thoughts that you are a wonderful professional wrestler. You actually believe that. Well, I prove to you that I am the man, and I will always be the man on April the 15th. It's going to be a hot time at the ECW Arena. <laughs> I was raised in Lafayette, Louisiana. My daddy, he's a captain of his own shrimp boat. <laughs> I hated my daddy. He was a mean old man, my daddy. He took an eight-year-old Bray Wyatt and he pulled him out of school. He didn't think I needed to learn with him other kids. <laughs> but then randomly one day, my daddy, his boat, well, it caught on fire. And it sunk him down into the daggone sea with it. And I went away. I went away for a while. <laughs> but Bray Wyatt, he told himself I had to read. And I started out with C. Spot Run. And then it was Clifford the Big Red Dog. And then it was the good book mostly after that. <laughs> and I learned. And I learned a lot of things. I learned how this world likes to throw away a little white trash peon like Bray Wyatt. And let me tell you something. I ain't no white trash. And I ain't no peon either. I am better than you all. And I wouldn't want to be that guy. 
I wouldn't want to be that guy, that first guy that has to get in the ring with me, man. I wouldn't want to be you. Because I am going to take pleasure in watching you burn, man. <laughs> Just like my daddy. <laughs> Come with me. Time is on my episode 375 of the hoots podcast as i wrote to 400 episodes continued here on this thursday august 24 2023 as i'm talking to you live in the break free room here in chicago illinois it's your boy josh you the nefarious brother adam no <laughs> here for another uh special edition of the hoots podcast um gonna be a little different vibe 
Um, this week, this is going to be one of the more uh, difficult episodes to record uh, in the seven years we've been doing this podcast. Uh, I've been, um, I, to say that for understatement that this week in the world of wrestling has been shitty is the understatement of the year. Um, first and foremost, I want to send my uh, condolences to the family of Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt who we both lost this week, uh, Terry, yesterday. And just about a couple hours ago, I found out that Bray Wyatt passed away. And um, it's it hasn't really hit me yet. And this is one of the more numbing feelings I had in a while. And uh, I've, um, I've always had deep respect for Terry Funk and what he's done in his career and understanding his legacy in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, and especially Bray Wyatt seeing his rise from NXT to everything he's done in WWE. Bray's always been one of my personal favorite uh, wrestling characters of all time. And to see um, this happen under these circumstances, it's just so uh, very unfortunate and sad. It's like, like you know, and I'm not saying this just to say it, but it's true. Like, I don't know what how to put in words yet of uh, what type of loss is going to be because Bray's not just a guy you look back for the um the impact and the content that he produced in the on the shows but what he stood for as a human being and the man he was you know and that and that's that's the thing that's hitting me the most uh, my thoughts go out to Jojo and his kids uh Bo Dallas who I met before was a great person uh his father IRS and his mother um, it's just, it's heartbreaking, man. It really is like, uh, and I, I expressed this before so many times on this show, man, we can't not take shit for granted. This life is not guaranteed. Uh, we're not guaranteed anything. So it really pains me, man. When I see people waste energy on shit that don't matter at the end of the day, I appreciate what people like Bray Wyatt or Terry Funk in the matter contribute to professional wrestling man we got we have the best form of entertainment on the planet and we all take it for granted for meaningless bullshit and then we all want to come together and embrace wrestling when people are gone you got to be present man that's how i live my life man (laughs) i can't think about where i'm going to be five to ten years now i don't know i don't even know if i'm going to be here tomorrow you know i i have to be in the moment and um, Bray's definitely going to be missed Terry's going to be missed obviously I'm um, glad that he's no longer in pain Terry Funk's been dealing with a lot of bad health issues over the last uh, couple of years and um, we'll talk a little bit more about this it's going to be a little a more of a tribute show for uh, Bray and Terry Funk if you are watching this live and you want to share any memories for Bray or Terry let us know in the chat box here or in the comment section down below um, but um, I'm not alone this week for the podcast this week. I am joined by my good brother, uh, Sam Piopo at Second City Sam, uh, making a return to the podcast this week. Sam, what's going on, my man? Josh, it's good to be here. Uh, unfortunately, we're, we're in some uh, unfortunate circumstances, uh, but I'm happy to be here with you nonetheless to, uh, to shoot the shit and obviously uh, pay tribute to the late great Terry Funk and of course uh, Bray Wyatt, who we just found out just a couple of hours ago, passed away. It's um, 
so I, I've seen a couple reports here, and there's been talks about what's been going on with him. He's been uh, Bray specifically was dealing with uh, some issues. Uh, Sean Ross Sepp, uh, just posted that he was allowed permission to say that he was dealing with a COVID issue recently and uh, re- relative to the heart, and uh, he had a heart attack saying. So that's that's what happened. Wow. And um, this stuff <laughs> still strikes people. And, and that's the thing when like I see people like make jokes about people that are still wear masks or whatever, even if it's not even like a political thing. Like until we figure out that this shit is gone, it's it's not done yet, you know. Um, so, uh, Bray Bray uh, passed away at the age of thirty six. Uh, Terry Funk uh, fortunately just passed away at the age of seventy nine, and um, both both come from uh, extensive uh, wrestling families, historic wrestling families. Uh, the Funks in West Texas and. Uh, Bray, obviously, uh, his father, uh, Mike Rotunda, had a great career. I mentioned Bo already. Um, it's just, it's a rough, it's a rough one. It really is. And um, when I think about Bray, um, uh, especially when he was coming back, like, you, you see the emotion of how much the uh, respect from the audience meant to him uh, when he came back. Because, you know, Bray um, was in some way trying to step in shoes of what the undertaker and his type of character was represented in WWE specifically. And I know that a lot of people have their particular taste of what they like on their wrestling show. But, um, even then, like, I, I just didn't know why people would take the time to not appreciate what Bray was able to produce from a versatile standpoint it's always like, oh, you got to focus on this thing, and oh, that's just Bray Wyatt. Why, why you got to put him in a box? Like he, he was so versatile in a lot of ways that, and so even for people to say that he couldn't have good matches, like I was like, what are you talking about? Like what? <laughs> it, it just seemed like it seemed like everyone was always so nitpicky with Bray, just because I feel like they they understood how good that he should be. I guess. Uh, he to me he's one of the most phenomenal minds in wrestling history. The guy is so was so damn creative. Uh, he could he could talk his way you know into your into your TV and, and yeah. you're just you're focused laser focused on everything he said. Um, to me, I mean, despite despite everyone being nitpicky about Bray, he's uh, personally he's one of my favorites. Uh, he got me back. Well, he helped bring me back into wrestling when I. When I was uh, when I had a, like a, a short like maybe five year span where I, I fell out of love with the with the uh, with the sport, but you know seeing Bray Wyatt, I flipped the channel on one time. And I see Bray Wyatt, it's like, this is pretty damn interesting. And he was one of the guys who helped me come back, man. And I, I, uh, I don't know, it's just a damn shame, man. I really love Bray Wyatt. For those who are just tuning in uh, right now, if you have any uh, favorite matches or uh, promos. Uh, that stood out the most to you from Bray Wyatt. Also, uh, Terry Funk, too. <laughs> Terry Funk was a, a, a master smith in a storytelling standpoint. Um, when, when you look at guys like um, Eddie Kingston or John Moxley, um, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> Terry Funk has a major influence on a lot of those type of wrestlers. But, um, of course, everybody knows about his connection with uh, McFoley. Foley. Um, 
you know, even a testament for Terry Funk and the stage he was in his career. I, I, I heard this earlier. He wrestled from the late 60s all the way to 2017. That's, that, insane. that's insane. <laughs> and even during the late stage of his career, um, he um, he would he was part of that infamous Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> yes, he was. Just, just just to give Mick time to uh, get himself gathered and all that, and he's taking choke slams, getting his ass kicked by the Undertaker, uh, all the stuff with Chainsaw Charlie. And... I'll never forget his his shoe flying off after that choke slam. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, another one. Um, uh, it was uh, I think it was ECW uh, One Night Stand uh, two thousand and six. Uh, not the first one, the second one at the Hammerslam Ballroom. It was him and Mick Foley as he, uh, no, my bad. It was Mick, Mick Foley and Edge as heels against Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk in a, a tag team hardcore match. And Terry Funk is uh, uh, him. Him and Mick Foley did a, a flaming table spot. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Uh, Terry Funk is a legend, man. Um, when I when I still had my job going on, um, I would cover the NWA every week, and they had this like little series where they were going back on old performers that uh, had an impact on the on the history of the brand. And I ran into an old two out of three falls match that he had with uh, Harley Race, and it's it's phenomenal it, for all the brawling and everything that came with Terry Funk, and you know him really being like that old school veteran that helped ECW go to the next level. Terry Funk had a big career just as a good technical wrestler too, you know. (laughs) And um, uh, there's promos to go check out. Uh, I played some of them already. If you guys checked out the audio version of the show, you've heard some of these promos already. But uh, you know, him saying "forever, forever, forever" (laughs) on a WWF show uh, after winning a big match and. Ah man, I I, it, it, I I was kind of dreading this type of moment because I kind of felt this was coming with Terry because he has been dealing with a lot of issues. So it's sad, obviously, whenever we lose anybody that we enjoy watching over the years, uh, but never want to see people in pain, you know. Too no, so for sure, yeah, definitely one of the most fearless uh, professional wrestlers of all time. So um, what going back to Bray Wyatt um. You know, this these past couple of years haven't been easy for him, obviously. And um, a big part of the show has been always been about um, promoting uh, mental health. And um, I was telling Sam about this uh, earlier before we pressed uh, record. I remember this uh, specifically. Um, I think in the early stages of the show, when it was me and Adam recording all the time, we did um, a tribute show to uh, Chester Bennington. Um, I think it was the day after he passed away and we uh, did his show and uh, Chester's one of my personal favorite like singers of all time and um, he he, um, he he was another person that was big on mental health and Brace talked about it a lot dealing with the, uh, grieving uh, losing um, Brody Lee you know they've had a deep bond I love the shirt man thank you <laughs> I love the shirt uh, yeah you know Brace been another wrestlers that have been big about mental health and the importance of that and um i just want people that are watching or listening to this understand that you're not 
weak if you uh, find yourself in a vulnerable position, okay? Um, I, I think we could get past the whole dick measuring contest of what's a man if he or doesn't cry. I think that's a little passe. Uh, there's only so much you can let stuff fester inside you. And uh, to, for anybody to be naive to think that you're not um, not feeling numb or empty inside, I just think you're being delusional. Um, and I look at Bray, man, th- just to see the strength and courage that he's had through the situations he's gone through. And he's, he's just a powerful man, you know? <laughs> that, that's the thing. Like, obviously, you know, to see what happened, which caused his unfortunate demise, uh, is just heartbreaking, obviously, because uh, a lot of people were excited to see what he's going to do when he came back. Um, there was an injury first and then we got into this issue and people were kind of speculating whether or not he was going to come back to TV and see what was going to come next for him. And then again, that that's like, I appreciate what you have, man. Like appreciate, you got to be present, man. And, um, I, I recommend people go check out his, uh, media scrum from the Royal rumble. I believe it was the post show, the, Royal Rumble press scrum after he had that uh, Mountain Dew uh, pitch black match with uh, L.A. Knight. Um, and he was talking about how much uh, his character is important to him and his legacy and why he's doing what he's doing. But you get a little glimpse of why he put so much thought and effort into the things. And uh, and he, he, there's a lot of different iterations. I, I loved I loved the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, I, I the John Cena Bray Wyatt uh, <laughs> cinematic match, the Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania uh, 36 was uh, really cool. Uh, one of my favorite uh, gifts or memes, whatever you want to call it, uh, they had the. You remember the part where he's like, "You can look, but you can't touch." <laughs> the John Cena, it's, it just popped me really big because I remember being in that, being in that shithole. Known as the Citrus Bowl at uh, Camping World Stadium for WrestleMania 33, when I saw uh, John Cena propose to Nikki Bella, oh. and then a couple years later, he back to throw it at his face. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I really grew even deeper uh, love and appreciation for Bray uh, when he was doing that Firefly Funhouse skit because uh, when I was working at the tattoo shop, we would have Raw in the background, and I one of my favorite parts of that night because I, I used to work at nights for those who don't know I used to work at nights at a, a tattoo uh, a place that my uncle owns called uh, Infamous Inc and we would have Raw in the background and I one of my favorite parts of that shit would always like hear Bray <laughs> do those uh, vignettes or even when uh, him and Alexa Bliss got together and the stuff they had really good chemistry on TV and they had a great run with each other but um, I, I have a lot of favorite things that stand out to me. Bray, I'll mention that a little later. But, uh, Sam, what, what other things stood out from Bray's career that meant a lot to you? Uh, you know, I mentioned that he, he helped bring me back. But when I, when I was back and I was watching every week, I did a, I did a show with our friend uh, Joe Cerna at the Illinois Media School. And every single week we would play the Bray Wyatt promo from the Raw or SmackDown before. Just because, you know... It, and that, that sticks with me because it just goes to show that he was always one of the most entertaining parts of the show. You yeah. know, he, he draws you in. 
he he makes you watch and he makes you pay attention and um it just you know i'm 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 a guy who needs more than just a solid wrestling match to stay you know invested yeah and bray wyatt brought all of that he brought the charisma the mic skills the 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 behind the scenes uh, i don't even know the word for it but the creativity that he brought with him it, it just live it sticks with me the the promos the the like you said the vignettes um everything he did with the wyatt family was just so damn good uh and it's just a it's, it's a real shame and but but what we can say is that he left us with uh, a hell of a lot of uh, memories of watching him. That's for sure. Right. Um, there's a. I found a clip from this uh, uh, Royal Rumble scrum. I want to play it for you guys if that's okay. Um, let me do this really quick. Let me find it really quick. So. Um, okay, I think I got it here. Just one second. Okay, here we go. Should get going here. Um, okay, let's play it a little bit of this. There's some people that like new concepts and, and people that take risks and things, and then there's people that don't just because they don't. It's a sport to some, and it's a show to others. But I think the beautiful thing about wrestling in this industry is that there's something for everyone. And I've always kind of prided myself on the fact that I've been willing to take risks and do things that no one's ever done, because in my opinion, if you're not willing to do that, then what are you doing here? It's about leaving a legacy for me, and I would do pretty much anything, especially if no one's ever done it before, because I know that people will notice it. And it's fun for me. Let me play that last part really there, right there, which is the most important part. Pro wrestling is fun, man. That's it's, all it should it, be. It's if it's what it's on you whether you want to enjoy wrestling, and that's that's the biggest thing, you know. Um, there's been a lot of uh, different uh, tributes, obviously, that have been um, posted here on Twitter. Uh, since it's been going on, I'll read one really quick here from Alexa Bliss. Uh, she said, I'm just in shock, extremely heartbroken, and at a loss of words. What can I say is what an amazing human being Wyndham is. Amazing friend and one of the most creative minds to ever walk this earth. Wyndham, you've brought so much joy and happiness to everyone around you. It's going to take me some time to really process this. I'm sending my love to Rotunda family and JoJo. We love you, Wyndham. Um, another... Um, little tie-in that Bray had with this particular show is the um, Woken Universe. The uh, Bray Wyatt-Matt Hardy feud. And uh, how many times do you hear me or Brother Carter go, no! Yes! (laughs) And Bray Wyatt was the adversary for Matt Hardy at the time. And um, I I think about a month or two ago, I rewatched their cinematic match at the Hardy Compound. I forgot which name of the deletion was. Was it the oh, ultimate deletion? Something like that. The yeah. ultimate delish. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just another one of my favorite things for um, Bray and you know I, I was uh, we were both there actually for WrestleMania 34. 
uh, when he came back and helped uh, Matt win the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. You remember That's that, right. Sam? Yes, yes, I do. In New Orleans. No. Bray <laughs> um, Wyatt's had a lot of um, great feuds and matches over the years. Uh, I, I remember specifically the Royal Rumble that he had with um, uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, which is looking back on it now, it's so silly that people were so pissed that, that night that he was Rumble. in the Royal Rumble. It's because it, it was so silly that you're 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 just gonna forget the fact that Bray beat this guy clean during the show, right? And yeah. then he's miraculously gonna be recovered to win a Rumble match. But that's another show for another. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, you know, not even that. Like, um, I remember uh, in Chicago there was a, uh, I think it was a Last Man Standing or something like that he had with John Cena. Uh, I think that was one of my favorite matches that they had with each other. Um, um, of course, I love the uh, elimination chamber from 2017. That's one of my one of my memories. I, I popped so freaking hard because I was such a fan at that time. Right, it, that was um, that's when he won the WWE title. Uh, that was a special moment. Um, even for for me, a, a, another special one was his uh, match with Undertaker um, yes. at WrestleMania. I, I got to be there for that one. 31, right? Yeah, WrestleMania 31. You got to know how important that match had the match for him. Not even just think about this. Going back to January of this year, uh, Raw 30. You know where Undertaker shared that moment with him in LA Knight, and he whispered stuff in his ear. It, it's just it's crazy, man. Like Undertaker's doing like a one man uh, show tonight in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. <laughs> So I uh, can't even imagine what he's thinking uh, right now. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, that's gonna be uh, that'd be a hell of a show to be at. That's for sure. Um, what else I could point out? You know what? I this this wasn't like a long rivalry, but I remember um, the Wyatt family specifically. They were having matches with the uh, ECW originals. Those were some fun matches. Like if you go back and watch those with the Dudleys and uh, Rhino and Tommy Dreamer, I think it was. This is like this crazy match that went all over the arena and stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, what the probably the most legendary rivalry for the Wyatt family is the Shield uh, matches. Um, yeah, man. I I love to know what you guys think. Like what what other matches or promos uh, stand out for you for Bray's career? You know, uh, some people may be indifferent for the stuff that he did with Randy Orton. I liked it for the most part. Um, I had no problem with it until the WrestleMania match. Yeah. Um, so try. Let me, let me mention this really quick. Um, going back to uh, Terry Funk. Um. Just thinking about the different impact he had in the territories, but also ECW. I don't think the ECW would have made it the way it was if there wasn't like a Terry Funk in the locker room. And this is kind of stuff I kind of bring up before with like AEW, where they don't have a guy like Terry Funk to like police it brought like the le- locker it brought room. Legitimacy. Yeah. yeah. I guess you could say Chris Jericho does that for AEW to a certain extent, but even then, his ego is too big to um, nullify the thing. Like, I saw him today say something that, oh, the the brawl-out incident didn't uh, fracture the locker. I'm like, what? (laughs) 
Wasn't it like wasn't like two weeks later Sammy Guevara and Andrade got into a fight, but <laughs> um, but you know um, Terry Funk, man, he, he's a man's man. That's, <laughs> That's what he sure. was. Yes, sir. Um, Terry Funk, man, I, I I'm definitely gonna look forward to see some of his older matches. There's um, I know a lot of people are talking about a match that he had with uh, Ric Flair. I think it was in 1989. Uh, that's some match that I need to go back and watch. Hoodie was telling me that he had a match with uh, Ric Flair for uh, the title. Uh, I have to look into that. Um, Cherry Funk, man, he, he would have worked in this era or any era of wrestling. And, you know, I don't know what wrestler today would pair the most to him. I, I could say maybe Eddie Kingston. But also, to a certain extent, I could compare Randy Orton to Terry Funk too in in another sense. Um but yeah, so it this is going to be difficult, man. Um it it's I didn't want to come on here and uh give you a disingenuous point of view of my thoughts because it still hasn't hit me yet. Like yeah. it's probably going to hit me tomorrow or another time and I'll be more um openly emotional about it, but um it, it's just again another reminder of what we have to be present in what we're dealing with our life, man. Because I, go ahead. I, I just hope people are. I just hope people are checking on Eric Rowan, man. Because that, yeah, that's that's got to be so freaking hard for him. You know, losing two brothers like that in the span of just a couple of years. I mean, that guy. Uh, I, I just I hurt. I hurt for everyone involved: his kids, his friends, his family. It's just it's just a damn shame, man. It really, really is. Rowan, uh, Braun Strowman, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, you got check in on your people, man. Re- yes, reach out to them, man. Um, so our our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Terry Funk's family and Bray Wyatt's family. If you guys want to share any memories or thoughts on um, both Terry and Bray during the show, let us know in the chat box here on YouTube or even on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast at Second City Sam. Uh, we'll give you guys a shout out on the show as we uh, continue on here. Um, Sam, you ready to uh, answer some questions, my man? Let's do it, brother. All right, it's time for the back porch uh, Q and A session. Let's throw up the X. Uh, let's lighten up the mood here a little bit. Let's uh, give a shout out to the good brother Chris Aletta at X Teams Aletta Twenty Four X on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I, I do this to myself. I do this to myself. I say, let's bring in some positivity. And here's his first question. <laughs> Here we go. What up, Ooze? Here's some questions for the Q&A this week. Your thoughts on the White Sox recent firings. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> bring it on, Joshy. Let's see what you got, baby. Oh, hang on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute my mic for this one. Hang on. <laughs> when they say the struggle is real, the struggle is real. It doesn't matter if you fucking send the White Sox to Nashville, to fucking Dakota. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? Uh, Atlanta. What? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what city in the world you put the White Sox in, the team is still gonna be ass. <laughs> Sell the team for the love of God. 
the fact that Tony Larusa, after you fired the guy a season prior, you bring him in to be a fucking consultant for what? A shitty ass team with no competency. You bring him in as a consultant for what? To enable Tim Anderson, who doesn't want to be a leader on the ball club, or Eloy Jimenez, who doesn't care one way or another what he's doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always had to hear those clips from Jason Nenny. Oh, thanks, Cubs. Thanks, thanks to come for what? They won the trade. There you go. You want you want my real take on it? The Cubs won the won that trade. That, my friend, is a hot take right there. It is a hot take because Eloy is a bust. There you go. But Dylan Cease isn't. Okay. There's one silver lining. I, I, they, and that's a Cub fan bringing that up. So, <laughs> See, Chicago fans are not all irrational or paranoid. <laughs> we get, uh, get credit where credit's due. <laughs> don't, don't worry, though. Don't worry, though. We got Nick Madrigal now. Oh, God. That works. <laughs> oh, hey, um, I, I'm, I'm just at the point of... I'm at a point of no return with this franchise because it's like last week I give them the Kalan of the week award and rightfully so now they fire uh, Kenny Williams. Uh, that was 10 years too late and you get rid of Rick Hahn. Who's a sacrificial lamb. Cause you wouldn't let him pick the guy he wanted after you guys wanted to get done with Rick Retoria. No, we had to bring in the old man late in seventies, Tony LaRussa and that team got into the playoffs in spite of him. And you know what? An argument could be made that Rick Renteria should have never been fired. Yeah. Guess what? Ozzy Gaines should have been fired too. But no, we got to hear Kenny Williams and, oh, it's all about me. I'm controlling the White Sox. By the way, I heard this story the other day on Cabin J Hood, a great show you should check out on ESPN 1000 every morning. Uh, this is a legit story. So Cap is doing like a show like a talk show our talk show at uh nbc sports chicago with uh ryan mcguff he was the head of the white Sox concept at that station cool dude very talented at what he does and um they said there's like disappointment with the white Sox, blah blah blah, blah. and giving credit to rick Hahn for uh trying to reshape like the potential for the team right because there was for a little bit some buzz about where the white Sox could go and then the next day, the cap is at uh, Comiskey Park. No, I'm not calling it fucking guaranteed rate. It's just guaranteed bullshit. That's that. That's the guarantee rate. Just pure and other bullshit. But back to the story. So, Cap gets to the ballpark. Kenny Williams yells at him, Cap, get over here. Cap, get over here. <laughs> and he's throwing F-bombs. Who the fuck is this Ryan McGuffey? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he's like... Why are you taking your anger out on me? And Kenny Williams is like, I don't care who Rick Hahn is or whatever. I'm still running the White Sox. Nothing in this organization gets said or done without my consent. This is my team. Rick Hahn doesn't own shit. This is my team, basically. That's the gist of what he was saying to Cap. So he wanted to vent this frustration out to Ryan McGuffey. So Cap <laughs> called him and... Ryan got a, uh, a ear lashing at him. <sighs> Why is that so believable? <laughs> because it's the White Sox. It's Jerry Reinsdorf. Literally, I, I had this conversation the other day with uh, one of my uncles. Jerry Reinsdorf right now currently is the worst owner in sports. Dan Steiner being gone from the Washington uh, football team. 
now that 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 moniker is been passed down to Jerry Reinsdorf now. So now does now does that go for the Bulls too? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Bulls do not get a pass in this situation. <laughs> I don't. I don't say we stinks just because one of our teams suck. It's just the city of Chicago sports sucks. <laughs> That's what it is. That's true. Uh, f- folks, can you guys like help me out? Make some t-shirts where I don't. I, I'm not the best when it comes to this stuff. I've been wanting to like sell some shirts for a while. If we could get like a we stinks t-shirt, or we could finally upload that beautiful. And I mean beautiful. Let me pull it up here actually, so we could take a look at it for ourselves. This beautiful. Uh, Picasso uh, piece that our friend Joe Cerna made for us here. Uh, look at this beauty. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like you wouldn't want to get that in a hoodie or a t-shirt or something like that. Yeah. Hell, even like it's a phone case. I I would I would get that. <laughs> I would get that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. <laughs> and this is not even in uh, trying to be disrespectful to the man upstairs. This is. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord <laughs> the irony is that punk and uh, punk, he put punk and the elite next to each other which is funny to me <laughs> the yeah, rest are just the... <laughs> good god uh, but seriously can we get that can we get weak stinks on a t-shirt or that that picture on a t-shirt please someone help me out here <laughs> we gotta pump out some merch here on the podcast <laughs> but my my thoughts are okay. Then what? <laughs> There's going to be no progress with this team until Jerry Riser sells it, and that that decision does not only affect the White Sox, but that also affects the Bulls because it's the same thing. You could shuffle in general managers here and there, and it's going to be the same cycle. Your organizations are the reflection of the people who lead it. Hey, Tony Khan, pay attention. So. Uh, me saying that, oh, I'm I'm gonna celebrate and play cool in the gang and play that song uh, that Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams lost their job does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. So that that, that that's my thoughts on my White Sox being a freaking clown show. Good question, Chris. <laughs> Bastard, and th- that's also a question I got from Mike this week. So you guys get a combo platter there. <laughs> uh, favorite match from Multiverse Two? Uh, I did not get a chance to watch that show yet, Chris. So I have to go check it out. So Impact over the weekend at the ECW Arena had a, a joint show at New Japan. Uh, I gotta go check it out. Um, all right, <laughs> I'll let Sam answer this one so I could uh, do it in the uh, the. Uh, main event segment. Who walks out out of all in the AW champion, MGF or Adam Cole? Who do you got, Sam? That's a great question. Uh, I think it'll be a good match. Um, I think I think I'll go with MJF. I think the story will continue. I think MJF retains, and then I don't know, maybe some maybe some uh, some trouble within the two start happening, and then maybe Adam. It's not, it's not bad. I, I like that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about NJF and Adam Cole later on. I got a little clip from Eric Bischoff that kind of gives my thoughts on everything that's going on. It's so stupid that they're doing the pre-show just to get to the I, main events. I didn't even know that they were doing that. 
honestly, until you showed me the clip. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to the next question here. Um, does MGF and Punk happen at All Out? <sighs> okay, that, that's another stupid thing. So they're having this show in Wembley this week, and then they're at the United Center the following week, uh, this Sunday, which is, uh, uh, I think, yeah, it's Labor Day Sunday, right? Something like that. So that that's um I I don't even know why you would put that on all out if, if the thing is where Max just want to wait to what's going to happen in 2024 do you want to save it for full gear or mid gear whatever the hell the name of that pay-per-view pay-per-view is <laughs> you know like if you're going to do uh Punk and Max just wait for it to be at the end of the year when his contract is coming cuz that will have more meaning to it than just throwing it together because it's in Chicago and it's all out. That's stupid. Uh, they they got to figure out what they're going to do with this real world championship thing on collision and all this extra stuff. But uh, this is what happens when you have a, a dirt sheet boy uh, run <laughs> all your decisions on television. All right. Um, who is next for Carmelo Hayes? Well, we're past the Ilya Dragunov feud. I don't know how much longer him and Wesley are going to be feuding with each other. So, um, I mean, it, 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 it varies. I mean, I, I would like to see uh, Dijak maybe be someone to fight Carmel Hayes for a while. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, th- that's the thing. You have other guys on the roster that you, you could uh, feature in this spot. Like, you could have Tyler Bate maybe go after him. Um... I don't know if you want to do him and Noam Dar because he's holding the Heritage Cup title, but um, that's the thing. They um, NXT has a good roster, but there's a lot of guys in there who should probably be on Raw and SmackDown too. So that's the thing. I can't predict who's going to be the next person. My best guess would be him and Trick Williams, where Trick actually turns on him. That's so. definitely going to happen down the line, I think. By the way, speaking of Trick, uh, I was going to mention this later in the WWE segment, but go check out his new entrance. It's pretty dope. I, I kind of I, I dig it. Was so. he on yes, uh, yesterday? Or not yesterday. Uh, Tuesday? I missed the show. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that later because uh, him and Dragunov had a barn burner. Um, does Seth Rollins lose the world title before Survivor Series? Uh, yes. Uh, I think with Payback and Fastlane before uh, Survivor Series, I think you're going to want one big moment happen in between these shows. And I think there's, I, I mentioned this before, you know, you know, like Nakamura bringing up Seth's back injury now. And yeah. Seth's been doing this for a long while. I, I my, my guess is either Seth fights this off all the way to WrestleMania or uh, you could get an injury angle where you give him time off for the rest of the year and he could come back at the Royal Rumble. But I do right now, me currently where things stand, I don't think Seth Rollins is walking into WrestleMania as a world champion. And also I don't think he's having a bad title reign to be honest with you, given no. the fact that he's his back is fucked up. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you ever see that uh you ever see that Mike Tyson video of him after a match getting asked about Yes. My back is broken. Spinal. That's Seth Rollins right now. So who do you think takes it off on that? Because I think he holds on to it till at least Survivor Series. If you want to shock people, just do it straight up with Nakamura. I'm or in. 
or seeing where things play out with the Judgment Day. I, I mentioned this last thing. I wanted to run this by you really quick. Okay. So, uh, you know, there's been tension now with Priest and Balor over the last couple of weeks, and you kind of figured those two would probably have issues with each other down the road. And maybe you get a new member in Judgment Day or one of them is getting kicked out, you know, <laughs> like they're getting kicked out. So here's the thing. And I know on paper, people will be like, what's the point of giving someone in a briefcase if their cash-in is unsuccessful, right? But this actually can work. So here's the thing. Like, I can see a scenario where either Rollins, like, squeakly, like, survives Nakamura priest tries to cash in and Finn and JD cost him his cash in, you know? Well, that's honestly, I thought, uh, what was the last pay-per-view SummerSlam? SummerSlam. Yep. I honestly thought that, uh, that, that Finn was going to win. And I thought, uh, priest would come and cash in on Finn, but that idea is, is definitely something I could see happening. I mean, I know it probably won't be popular with everybody, but I'm just throwing it out there as, like, an observation. And it could work to a certain extent. So I'm throwing it out there before, like, oh, it doesn't make sense. Well, it actually kind of does. They've been costing each other yeah. title matches left and right for months now. So it, wh- it, wh- why the briefcase would be no different? <laughs> it 100% makes sense, and it could lead to a hell of a, a, a long-term feud, too. Right. And you need those. You don't. You don't. You don't just get championship feuds. You need. You need feuds outside that have nothing to do with a belt. So. Right, and we need feuds that actually have stories. Not oh, these two had a match in Ring of Honor in two thousand nine. So let's have it be for the next three months. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Next question: Does the move for Trey Lance go down as one of the worst trades in NFL recent history? Sam, I'll let you go first. Yes, it will, but unfortunately, uh, it, it's it's a lottery pick, man. It really is. Yes, you, it you, is. Mm-hmm. The, these drafts are so freaking hard. You can get the, the top pro scouts in the world. And, and that's not to say Trey Lance isn't good either. He's played about as much football in the last three seasons as I have. So, right. <laughs> so, so who's to say he's not any good, you know? Right. I don't know. It's tough to say. I, th- does he get another chance elsewhere? I don't know. Maybe he, he he may deserve it, but that's not how it works in the NFL. Just because you deserve something doesn't mean you necessarily get it. Let's give a couple of shout outs to those who have been commenting here on the show. Uh, shout out to the good brother Brett Shrubsel. I appreciate you checking out the show. I'm doing good, my man. Um, holding it in together, man. It's been a it's been a rough week for us wrestling fans and just in general, but uh, in good spirits. Um, shout out to our good brother I mentioned earlier, Joe. <laughs> You just mentioned your brain. Um, I feel you, man. Yes, sir. Um, So, going to uh, Trey Lance. Can I just say this? John Lynch is overrated as a general manager. Can I say that and not have my football insanity question? I get it. He's a Hall Hall of Famer. I get it. He's a Hall of Famer. I, I respect that. But as a GM, he's overrated. I get it. They made it to a Super Bowl, but are we in the participation trophy business? Or are we actually about winning something? Like, seriously. I don't care that they were in multiple NFC title games. <laughs> like, do something. <laughs> 
and here's the thing. And it all goes back to the quarterback decision. And we could bring the whole Mitch situation because it this ties in with them as well. So, okay, all you 49er fans that want to been giving us shit for the last five, six seasons, where's your franchise quarterback? <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. <laughs> we both fizzled out on that equation. So both of us don't have shit to say about either team. <laughs> so you give up all that money in cap draft capital, right, for Trey Lance. Now he's in the third string where Sam Darnold now is the backup. And now because everybody thinks that uh, Kyle Shanahan could do no wrong, they're just convinced now that Brock Purdy is going to be the guy going for And don't get me wrong. I thought he played good for the situation. But are we legitimately thinking that Brock Purdy is going to be an MVP candidate or offensive player of the year like what are we doing here <laughs> see i'm not i'm not sure if they're necessarily looking at him like that but i do think that they're looking at him as a possible like uh alex smith type player a really I good guess. game manager a guy who could make the pass without making a mistake you're throwing a pick or whatever i'm not sure they're looking at him as a top star but the guy proved pretty quickly in a short span in a short you know uh a short time frame that he can yeah. win games when it matters. There's just so much with the four nines where I, I see where their situation now, they lost to Miko Ryan's uh, to the Houston. And it's, I just think the team and franchise overall is overrated. In my opinion, I think, I think you secretly love Kyle Shanahan. And I, I... <laughs> <laughs> That's a no shot, pal. <laughs> no shot. No shot. Take that. Take that. Take that. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, all right. Thoughts on Satana's re- return and Ortiz going for it? I'll, I'll get to that uh, a little later on. Um, all in 2018 or all in 2023? Um, I'll go with all in the original show. Uh, it has more historical significance, in my opinion. Um, more hype, them, too. Me, them dangling this carrot about 80,000 tickets at Webley. I, I get it. It's a great accomplishment, but okay, when you come back to the States, reality sets in. I just saw their rate. I'm not even like a big raise fan, but I saw their sweep that they didn't get over 900,000 uh, for their final show before this. The big Now, here's this disclaimer. The biggest pay-per-view in pro wrestling history, oh. right? <laughs> the biggest pay-per-view in pro wrestling history. My ass. <laughs> you could say that how many times you want, but... I appreciate the caution that they're having all these people at Wembley, but your product is not indicative of those ticket sales. Let's pump the brakes though too on the attendance thing because let's just let's let's call a spade a spade. The the British or English wrestling fans are craving, so hungry for any wrestling they can get anyway, so Right. Uh no! so- <laughs> Joe, don't put, don't bring that devil stuff into here, okay? No. <laughs> let's just let's put this evil thought out there. No, <laughs> no, Joe, he's not going there. And if he does, I'm going to lose a lot of respect for him. Yeah, his career ending in AW. Or give me the nearest bucket to throw up in. It's like Ric Flair <laughs> going to TNA. <Come> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I can't wait for Edge and Chris Jericho. <laughs> the Edge and Christian and the Hardys, the running lip man. A combined age of 100 and some 15 years old. 
I literally saw a tweet the other day. Let's run it back. Dudley's Edge of Christian, Hardy's TLC in 2020. I'm like, do you care about these people's well-being? They're going like, to hit each other with a bunch of walkers. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> no shot. No. To that, that's absolutely a no shot. Take that. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go to the next question here. Um Best moment. Oh, this is a good one. Best moments and matches from Edge. Speaking of Edge, it's a good uh, uh, segue here. Um, what's some of your favorite memories from Edge? And those for watching, let us know in the uh, chat box here. Uh, obviously, all the TLC matches. Uh, his match with John Cena. Yep. The ladder match. I can't remember where it was. Um, let's see. His matches with Undertaker. Obviously, really good. Um,. There's so many, so so many. Jesus, go ahead and name a few. Um, I gotta I, think. I, I'm just gonna go go for oh, old school purposes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go for old school purposes. Obviously, uh, the Brood uh, is up there for me. Um, the John Cena rivalry, uh, like you mentioned, is uh, one of the best. Uh, that was the rivalry I, of my childhood. Yeah, I think for me. That's one of the more underrated um, robberies for the last 10, 15 years or so. Um, Joe mentioned here Edge and Undertaker. I, I, I love that one, too. Hell, yeah. Um, I, I, we did miss out on a robbery with him and Punk. Um, we did miss out on that. Uh, I guess they uh, didn't get along. <laughs> I know you'll say shocker. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, that Edge and Undertaker uh, WrestleMania match was yes. uh, very good. And uh, shout out to uh, Jimmy Corderas, who's a former guest of the PWE show. Um, he uh, um, he was the referee for that match. He, uh, he uh, tells us the good story about that match. That was, that was a fun one. I, I think that interview is still up on his channel, by the way, if you guys want to really? check it out. Um, check, that out. check it out. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the, by the way, yeah, I don't know. We're 50 minutes in it. You should be <laughs> subscribed to the show. We're on the road to 1000 subscribers, by the way. Uh, I've been, I've been noticing we've been getting an uptick on our uh, subscribers recently. I appreciate those who've been rocking with us. We're close to 500 here on YouTube, which is pretty cool. If we get up to 1000, that'd be a, that'd be a big accomplishment. So subscribe, like this video, do all that fun stuff. <laughs> if, if you're watching the show. By the way, I'd be remiss to to not mention the feud with Kurt Angle. Oh yes, absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I, honestly, a lot of the stuff recently from his uh, return uh, for me is one of my favorite matches with Edge. Uh, you know the Logan character, right? Wolverine. Yeah. All that stuff. That's really my takeaway from this run from Edge. You know, like the grizzled veteran that still could kick ass and all that stuff. Like he. Um, uh, the rivalry with Rollins. I love the matches he had with Roman. Uh, that triple threat match. I was there for that when he uh, stacked <laughs> Brian and Edge on top of each other. Yep. Um, Randy. Randy, obviously. Yep, that was another good one. I thought. I, th I think he's had a fantastic second run. I really do. Hell, even the stuff with the Judgment Day going to this year's, this past WrestleMania is. I mean, uh, one of my favorite matches of the year, uh, not of the year, but um, it was um, Edge and Beth Phoenix uh, against Finn and uh, Rhea Ripley of uh, the Elimination Chamber. That mixed uh, tag match. That was very, very good. Yep. Um, so, yeah, for those who are watching, if you have any other favorite Edge promos or uh, matches, uh, drop it down uh, in the chat box. Also, I forgot to mention, 
Uh, there's a promo you guys can go check out from Edge. Uh, <laughs> Murdy Anonymous, Raw General Manager, <laughs> and Michael had to read the emails. Yeah. Edge is like, I'd rather listen to a recording of <laughs> JR than a live Michael Cole. <laughs> Michael Cole was such a good heel. Yeah, he was a good heel. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the next questions here from the good brother uh, Mike Rubio at Main Event Swerve down, down in Texas. I uh, appreciate you checking out the show, brother, as always. Um, all right, here we go. What is the craziest work or school deadline you have ever made, and how did you pull it off? Oh, man. Mm. That's a good one. Well, my work is a little different um, with the transfers. I'm not necessarily on the deadline all the time. I can just say that um, the weekend where CM Punk uh, made its debut in AEW, I covered nine shows in three days. I was going <laughs> to say, your answer would have to have something to do with the transcripts. It has to. Yeah, so it would be nine shows in three days. <laughs> in 2021 <laughs> that is freaking insane what about you any like school related stuff like that that's tough i mean i guess maybe that uh do you remember that music video that we had to do i had no interest in doing that whatsoever and joe and i uh we teamed together on that and i think we did it i think we finished it in like less than a week and we were given however long to do it yeah <laughs> we, just, we just shit something out and and threw it up there and we're done honestly i don't know how i finished first in my class because i couldn't edit video for shit Dude, I, I final I, cut I, pro all that i couldn't do it yeah, to save my life <laughs> i wasn't great at it myself I, i'm more i'm more of a uh an audio right an audio <laughs> editor myself yeah, it put me in behind a radio board. We're good. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what people think about my skills behind the mic, but <laughs> I can run a board for sure. <laughs> yeah, you can. You had to. You had to fill in for Joe one day because I couldn't run the damn board. I'm just, I'm just. I can edit it after the show. I can't really run it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, next question. Uh, best advice for doing a full work day after one hour of consistent sleep. Well, um, there you go. Water. <laughs> water. Water. What's the sign from uh, water? But water sucks. It really. <laughs> Gatorade. Uh, Gatorade. <laughs> oh my God! I, I heard something about Captain Insano showing up at the show on Sunday. <laughs> Spare me the freaking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't need that visual in my life. No. <laughs> Captain Insano. <laughs> All right. Well, I answered the White Sox question earlier. So uh, his last question, Marty, was like, they stinks that bad? Yes, they stinks that bad. Um, stinks. Uh, what is the better landing place for Richard Sherman? Undisputed and that kind of thing or Stars on Mars? Have you ever heard of this show, Stars on Mars? I think no, it's like I've... some competition on Mars that Ronda Rousey's in. Um Oh, you know what? I think I think I I think I've heard a little bit about it, but I'm, I'm not sure really what the what yeah. it's about or anything. You know I'll what? Say, I'll say Go undisputed. Ahead. I'm yeah. just gonna say that. I was gonna say undisputed too. I, I'm <laughs> just to see uh, Richard Sherman put uh, that Nimrod Skippy Bayless in his place. <laughs> I don't I, I don't think he's gonna be as good as Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp's the man. 
Yeah. Uh, but but I think he'll do okay with with Skip. Skip Skip plays a gimmick, man. That's not really yeah. what Skip is. Oh, he he's definitely a gimmick for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of similar uh, branch of what the hell is wrong with AW. I had an old show that I used to do here on YouTube called the Sports Drive. And we have a segment called uh, Skippy Bayless Bash Sour. And a lot of the guys that I had on the show couldn't stand him. So I would read quotes that he would say on the show. And it, they would go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> uh, Joe says here, Chris Jericho, first of all, Osprey, best match since Attitude Era. Well, I, well, I think it'll, it'll definitely be the best Chris Jericho match since he left WWE. I, I will say that. All thanks to Will Osprey. That that's my answer to that question. Um, but attitude, I don't know. <laughs> oh, is that on the card for? for... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And we got we got to have Jericho. We got to hear Judas live. No, we don't. <laughs> shouldn't, he be, shouldn't he be touring with Fozzie or something? That man never goes away. He needs a long break for television, like really a long does. one. Yeah. Um. I don't know why he always goes with Judas. I think Painless is actually the better Fozzy song, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, Um, that's more popular. Yeah. Uh, Osprey and Jericho would be a good match, but, uh, again, it's I don't know what it says about Will Osprey and New Japan if you're just bringing them in just to lose to Jericho, too. You know, I I don't know how that match is going to play out. (laughs) Uh, he says you didn't like Jericho versus Juventud Guerrero twenty twenty. <laughs> I don't know what's the bigger battle that match, Joe or Jericho versus the. Oh, never mind. You know what? Fuck it. Uh, January sixth. <laughs> oh man! If you guys know about uh, Jericho and the stuff with the the what was it that invasion thing at the the what was it the Capitol? His wife was there. Really? You heard that story? No, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> His wife uh, was one of the people that stored the Capitol. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The COVID God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I can't remember the last Jericho match I enjoyed. Like, that that uh, fucking Le Dinner Demonair thing that he did with MJF, the single thing, that that was it. I was actually enjoying the early stuff he did when AEW first started, where he was, like, the champion and all that. I enjoyed that, but that stuff and then his feud with Orange Cassidy, all that just went downhill for me from there. You put Orange <laughs> Cassidy in anything, and it's going to go downhill. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> all right, uh, speaking of which, what is the dumbest reality show yet? Uh, uh, Jersey Shore. That's a good pick right there. Yes. Dumbest reality show. Dumbest reality show. You know what? I think think Naked and Afraid is the dumbest fucking reality show I've ever seen in my life. Really? (laughs) I can't stand it. My wife tries to watch it all the time. I'm like, turn that stupid shit off. (laughs) Oh, God. Um... (laughs) I, I can't watch the Bachelor shows. Any of those, no, I can't. No, I, can't I just either. can't do it. Yeah, no shot. The the girliest thing I'll ever see myself doing is listening to Taylor Swift music, and even then, I don't even consider that uh, girly because that girl is just fucking talented at what she does music wise. No 
<laughs> I'm not I'm not a Swifty. I'm going to throw that out there too. I, I, like let's not get crazy here, but I I do appreciate her uh, music at uh, um, her music aptitude. There is, uh, I'll say that there is not a single singer in the on this planet that I hate more than Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> not, not even uh, Justin Bieber. No. <laughs> The Beebs, what a twat! Uh, he is, he is a twat. But man, I just there's something about Taylor Swift that I just can't, I can't do it. Um, what is the weirdest item you have seen recycled or donated to charity? That's a good question. I, I can't give you a proper answer, but I'm sure there's something out there. Hmm. That's a really good question. I, you want a funny surf on the tattoo days? Yeah. Uh, so going back to the day where I was working at the tattoo shop, I never said this story on air before. We had a lady in her early forties come in and try to uh, uh, sell us dildos. She had, she said she had a box of dildos, ten dildos <laughs> that she was looking to get fifty bucks out of, what? and she said it would be a nice feature for those who are walking into the store late at night. If that's something that they needed to, I. I forgot the losses soliloquy she went on, but seriously, this is true. So, for those who don't know, um, I had to run the shop uh, at nights because my uncle went and worked those week week uh, weekday nights, right? So I had to be the overseer of all the tattoos. I was basically the boss <laughs> during those night shifts, so I had to oversee everything. And this lady comes in and she has these literally box of dildos that she wanted us to sell to customers. And I'm like, I, I can't help you here. I've heard some crazy stuff and seen things at this tattoo shop. It's just ridiculous. It's like I heard somebody ask me to uh, give them a presidential discount. Um, I've overseen a tattoo where somebody got a portrait of Amy Winehouse uh, over their, you know what, <laughs> uh, vaginal area, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the dumbest out of all of them is this dildo story. Was she on drugs? She had to be. I, she was out there. It was like 10 o'clock at night or whatever. We usually cl- close at midnight. She comes in. Hey, guys, I got this box of dildos. You think it would be a nice feature here for the site? No, for the for the store. I'm like, well, I don't have the jurisdiction to make that decision. It's too. You got to go. <laughs> so I never shared that story before. So that's an exclusive here on the podcast. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, another question here for Joey says, uh, what's your guys take on LA night? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's doing good, man. People should be happy that he's getting TV time. Uh, I said this before for those who watch the show, man, uh, LA night does not need a prop to be over. So I'm glad he's getting TV time and him doing this stuff right now. The biz is going to benefit him more than him having the U S title right now. And so talk, I'm, talk about a guy. Sorry. Go ahead and finish. No, I was going to go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, talk about a guy who we talk about all the time, make the most of your TV time. He definitely yes. makes the most of his TV time with whatever amount he's given. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Uh, I, I love the part where he was, uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, he's like, man, I, I know uh, Will Smith was a rap, uh, rapper, but I didn't know Uncle Phil <laughs> was too. He really, really does look like a young Uncle Phil, too. 
That's brutal, man. Uh, <laughs> by the way, sh- shout out to uh, AJ Fr- Francis Saldal. He's a cool dude. Uh, yeah. Some people rag on the dude, but I think he's cool. But Do you think um, Michael Cole actually has beef with him. No, it's kind of similar to the stuff that he does with Bailey, Bailey when they bicker yeah. with each other. So <laughs> I, I, Cole does does lay in. Lay it to him though. Yeah, I, I get it was a botch and all that, but still, uh, <laughs> flopped out. I, I can't. I can't be cool setting on TV. <laughs> um, would you like to see a Becky Lynch NXT run against who? I, I wouldn't mind it if she had a one-off match, but as a run, probably not. Hey, all I'll say is this: respect of respectfully, more Becky Lynch on my TV, the better. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Big so, facts. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know who who she would be uh, really fitted well to go against in NXT. Maybe, I mean, maybe just throw Tiffany Stratton at her or whatever. Yeah. But, but <laughs> I mean, I, okay, I'm in. I mean, I don't need to see it, but if that's the route they choose to go, I'm in for it. Right. Um, I heard Tiffany Stratton would have a barn burner. I think heard Roxanne Perez could have a good match, but. You know, who, you yeah. know who I'm a big fan of in NXT? I think she has a torn ACL right now. I think she's got a bright future. Who's that? Uh, Sol Ruka. Oh, yeah. She's fantastic. That, yeah. uh, that like, little sunset flip RKO thing she does. Stupid, so good. <laughs> um, even uh, Becky and uh, Blair Davenport, speaking of good waterfall, that, that would be a good match. Yeah, um, for sure. Blair Davenport is the real deal. You guys should keep your eyes open to her. She's damn good in the ring. All right, uh, did you catch the excitement of the Women's World Cup, including getting a 3 a.m. to watch? Um, I did not watch it. I'm not Me, personally, I'm not a big fan of soccer. I do appreciate what the ladies are doing and having all the success, uh, success, but I'm not a big soccer fan, so that's going to be a no for me. Yeah, no, not a fan. Can't do it. And it's nothing against women. I, I'm just not a soccer fan in general. No. I, I can't watch it. <laughs> no, me neither. I, I try to watch the uh, the World Cup when it's on, but usually I just I watch a half a game and then turn it off. <laughs> right. Um, who will be the World Heavyweight Champion in two months? Kind of similar question we had earlier. Rollins, Nakamura, or Priest? Um, I can see it being Priest. I really could. It's going to be either Rollins or Priest for me. That That's my best guess. Yeah, I'll go Rollins. I don't think he loses it before uh, Survivor Series. I think maybe sometime around Royal Rumble. Right. Uh, unless he wants to go off and have whatever, you know, surgery or whatever he needs to fix his back. Because I know that's legit, isn't it? Yeah. He's, he said he messed it up four years ago, and it's been yeah. nipping so at him At some point, he's going to probably want to get it fixed. Yeah, man. I mean... He's. I know he had the ACL uh, tear uh, back at twenty, like what was 15? it fifteen? Yeah, something like that. And he's been grinding nonstop since then. And, and it's not even like I don't want to see stuff on TV. That's not that deal. But I, I want him to be around, yeah. you know. And it would be suffering him to be put in a position where he becomes a part timer due to injury and like fix what he need to be fixed and then just get back to it. So. Yeah, it's not like it's not like the fans are gonna forget Seth freaking Rollins. Right, exactly. Um, by the way, I saw somebody like, "Oh, Seth Rollins and Becky should make the jump to AW because Trif, Trif, uh, her and Trish were left off at of SummerSlam." I'm like, that's a dumb take. <laughs> um, all right, have you noticed more stores ads and movie trailers using music from your generation as opposed to older music for older generations? Hey, what are you playing there, uh, 
Mike, what what about my generation is uh, having bad music? You know, the millennial chart goes from 1981 to 1996, right? Yeah. <laughs> so does the Michael Jackson songs don't count? <laughs> does Nirvana don't count? What? <laughs> <laughs> does Notorious B.I.G. don't count? What? Guns and Roses? <laughs> what? <laughs> I know what you're trying to apply there. Does Tupac doesn't count either? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't pay attention to like what music choices are from like um, ads and stuff. Sometimes I know it with uh, certain music, uh, uh, not my bad music, not music. I can't talk today. Movie trailers. I I know it's more of the older stuff like George Harrison songs and stuff like that. I hear that in a lot of uh, trailers and stuff, but um, it just varies. I, I really don't really pay attention to commercials to be honest with you. <laughs> I kind of zone those out. Uh, all right. Uh, the last question here for the oh, – actually, two more, actually. Um, last here from Mikey says, um, if you're willing uh, to take it, what will you remember most about Bray Wyatt? And do you see his positive legacy already in characters like the Dyad slash Schism, Sanity, and et cetera? Uh, yes. Um I, I think for me, my biggest takeaway from Bray Wyatt is that um, the versatility he's shown uh, throughout his career is something that should be commended. And I think that he doesn't get enough credit for the stuff he did inside the ring. And I think more importantly, the takeaway from this is that the guy was just a good fucking man. You, you rarely heard any issues about him uh, personally or anything like that, man. And, um, he, he's definitely the defi- uh, definition of someone who's has that a lot of like bravery, bravery and courage to be vulnerable on screen and take risks like that clip we played earlier, man. He owned and doubled down on everything he did, and you had to in that type of field. And he knew that it was all 100% his passion for what he was doing, no matter what feud it was, no matter what type of gimmick it was with The Fiend. Any variation of the Bray Wyatt character, um, he gave it his all. And I, it's just really a fucking shame, man. But this is a harsh reality about life, man. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Uh, it, it's just heartbreaking, man. I I know he was dealing with stuff, but again, man, this is a reminder, man. This stuff could hit you out of nowhere, man. And um, I, I know... This weekend for SmackDown, I'm sure there'll be a lot of tributes coming out from there on Raw, too. And um, Bray's going to be missed, man, uh, a lot. He's, he, it's a really, really big loss. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really is. And, and I'm going to remember him for being just one of my favorite wrestlers uh, of this era. Um, like you said, his versatility, he he's kind of underrated in the ring, I feel like. He, he, he could definitely go um, and his kind of like you like how i did like to describe you is he didn't half-ass anything he he put 100 percent into everything that he did and and uh he, he tried to put uh that awesome content that awesome entertainment out for us the fans so you got to respect it you got to appreciate it and uh once again i just condolences to his family and his friends and everybody that knew him right um all right the last question here um, here comes from the good brother uh, Pat. Shout out to Pat. Uh, rated PWF, the good brother. 
Um, I hope I hope it's a good season for you and the uh, Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, enjoy Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. I heard that he signed with the team, right? That's the yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what it is with the Patriots, man. It really is. I don't. I don't get it. Um, really quick before I read this question, let me uh, read uh, what Joe just put here in the chat. Here he said. Um, Heartbreak, so heartbreaking, man. Only thirty-six years, uh, six years old. I was fortunate to see him wrestle live plenty of times, and the entrance were always great. And that's the thing, too, man. Especially here in Chicago, man. Bray had some really, really big pots, man. I remember that Survivor Series uh, weekend. There was like four shows in the Raw after, like you seen uh, War Games and SmackDown, and that Survivor Series Raw SmackDown actually that was a cool weekend. And I remember this like it was yesterday. Um, after Seth did his whole heel turn, um, the the what do you call it? The dark match after was yeah. involving Bray Wyatt. And he was the fiend character at the time, and you just—it's like the coolest shit you see in person. Oh, the entrances, even when he was uh, the the original Bray Wyatt the character, swamp dude. swamp dude, like yeah. it was fantastic, man. Hell yeah. And there's another one. Uh, when he made his return recently that there was a SmackDown in Chicago for Christmas where he uh, had another powerful promo. You guys should go check that out too, man. Uh, Ray had a lot of great, a lot of great memories here in Chicago. So man, this, this one's going to sting for a long while, man. It is. It is. He's, I'm always going to be a fan of Bray Wyatt and uh, it, it really freaking stings. And to sit, to sit here and realize that two out of the three original, uh, Wyatt family members are now gone. is just, uh, Brutal, man. It's spine numbing, spine tingling. Check out the people, man. Reach out to people, man. Don't hold yeah. shit inside, man. No. If you if you got if you got a grudge or something, you need to confront that shit and learn and heal and either move on or uh, be mature enough to forgive yourself, even if you're not in the wrong situations too. You know. I agree. That that's the thing, man. We can hold grudges towards people. We can be upset with people. We could tackle that issue head on, or you can let it linger. And you never had the opportunity to rekindle or fix that issue, too. You know, yeah. you got it's <laughs> I know a lot. It, a lot of people hold a lot of pride. And I know that's not easy for people. If it's an obvious situation where it affects other family members, I can understand to a certain point where people don't want to talk to other people. I've drawn that line, too. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm on a high moral compass or anything like that. What I'm saying is that, um, especially with life, man, you cannot take this shit for granted no matter what circumstances you need to tackle your issues head on because uh, we don't get chances all the time you gotta make the most of the moments so um bray man you be miss for sure um we're gonna take a quick little break but when we come back and talk don't about pat's question oh yes pat's question yes uh, I got it right here. He says, does Gunther break Honky Tonk Man's record? And why aren't we discussing him as the 2024 War Rumble winner? Uh, yes, I do believe he will break Honky Tonk Man's record. And I think he was probably more obvious picks, right? So in the Rumble yeah, next year? Definitely up there for me. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> and here's the thing, too. Like, I know a lot of people be like, oh, you could have Cody win the Rumble again, uh, but I, I might. The only way I could see Ro- uh, my bad. The only way I could see Cody getting back at Roman is him winning the Elimination Chamber. You could do it that way, but um, I, when it comes to the Rumble, I think the World Heavyweight Title deserves that 
that spotlight for that particular winner. So it could be LA Knight. It could be Gunther. My personal preference for me would be Gunther winning that match. So I agree. So I want to uh, give a shout out to Joe. I want to give a shout out to Chris. I want to give a shout out to Pat and Mike uh, for the great questions this week. As always, if you have any questions for us, hit us up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll talk about what happened this week in WWE, and then we'll get to our main event segment, (laughs) otherwise known as What the Hell's Wrong AEW, right here on the Hoots Podcast. Time to talk about what happened this week in WWE. This is going to be a more abbreviated segment uh, this week uh, so we can get enough time to uh, get our predictions for this Wembley show. Everybody's like, oh, Jax, you hate everything AEW. No, <laughs> not the case. Uh, I want to be – here's the thing. Uh, here, here's where I really show my real, like, I hate AEW. I want to make predictions for this pay-per-view on Sunday. Uh, you, a lot of people have different displays of uh, indifference and stuff like that. Um, after the, I don't have a hard time actually going about it and being apathetic. <laughs> I, I, that's the thing. I, if I didn't care, I wouldn't talk about it. It's that's true. the difference. So, uh, let's get into this. Um, let's talk a little bit about SmackDown, where we had Edge's twenty uh, fifth uh, anniversary show. Uh, in Toronto, great crowd on yeah. SmackDown this past Friday. Uh, fun show. Obviously, they had the Grace Water effect to start off the show with uh, uh, LWO. That guy is L- money. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He really is. Um, LA Knight, Austin Theory. Adam Pierce is a trip, man. I-, I think he does a good job to a certain extent, but the other times he's a stooge. Like, he's let's be honest. I like, I like him, though. I really do. <laughs> Like he has this gleeful eye anytime he's like, oh, I'm going to get my tagline here. Oh, it's official. We get it, Adam Pierce. You're a WWE official. <laughs> he's like, he just reminds me of like, uh, he seems like a guy who would just drop a ton of dad jokes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I see that. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, um, I think that Adam Pierce reminds me a lot of like, uh, Briscoe and uh, Patterson <laughs> back yeah, in the for day. Sure. For sure. Stooges. <laughs> uh, but he made the match official with Austin Theory and Ellen Knight. They have their match pretty decent. Uh, Miz was on commentary. Uh, a couple lines he said during the match popped me really big. He was like, um, Ellie Knight is like um, Eugene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with crayons. And then he said, uh, what was it he said on Raw this week that Ellie Knight's the hoobah stink of yeah, WWE? <laughs> I'm like, hey, don't don't go after um, uh, hoobah stink. I like that song. <laughs> um, you are the re. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's the song. Um, God, man. This is funny, man. Um,. <laughs> Literally, if you want the definition of the guy has a good life, he has the money, he has the gig he's always wanted, 
He's got a hot ass wife. He's got yeah. kids, and Miz got a good for sure. The Miz, um, the Miz is the man. Yes, he is. <laughs> so Miz cost LA Knight the match. This was the number one contenders match for uh, the U.S. title. I've mentioned this last week. There's like a lot of like um, things that happens on these weekly shows that are more like window dressing than um, answers to what's going on in the feud. That's what, that's what I kind of express here on the show a lot of times that you don't have a definitive reason for these views all the times on these TV shows. You'll get the answers on these uh, premium live events. So a lot of this stuff is window dressing. So it's like, oh, this feed doesn't make sense. Well, by the time you get to the pay-per-view, you understand why things are actually happening. Uh, that's kind of the point why it's episodic television. So, <laughs> so yeah, I could fancy book and say, oh, this is eventually we'll get to Santos Escobar turning on Rey Mysterio. But we're not at that point yet. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> um. Another day for fact that I really enjoyed was the uh, women's tag match. Uh, uh, Bianca and Charlotte against uh, Dam's Control. I thought it was a very good match. And Charlotte, woo! <laughs> and she she was uh, she was on her game on Friday. I, I thought she did very good. And then um, Edge and Sheamus, uh, the main event. Uh, I don't know if you got to see the match uh, yet, Sam, but... Yes, um, I did. It was it was really dope. It was a really cool deal. They had a lot of video packages throughout the show, uh, honoring Edge's career. Um, if that if that was it, man, I <laughs> to end it in Toronto like that, I, I don't know. Hell of a way to go out, right? I, I don't know how better way you could have a send off than that. You know, on his yeah. own terms too. Uh, his family there in the front row. Unless he wants to go out on his back, like you know, like you're supposed to or whatever. Yeah, the was it the um, the time honor tradition, right? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week um, was interesting too on the wrestling media tip because there was a lot of like shocker, misleading speculation, rumor, and innuendo, Imagine. and a lot of big a lot of it came for the PW Torch this week and this big scuttlebutt that supposedly WWE denied. Edge's request to continue on oh, if he yeah. signed this extension. And I believe in context and substance. So we like playing clips here on the show. And I always say there's two sources to always go to to get the truth, especially in the wrestling world. Your eyes and the people who are actually fucking doing it. So in this context here, we're going to hear from the man himself address this situation and debunk the nonsense in these rumor and news sites. It's just, it's getting bad out there, Sam. It really is. So let's, let's hear this from Edge that was posted so, earlier this morning uh, here. So let's play this. All right. Morning, everybody. Um, that's how I look in the morning. It's not pretty. Um, but need my coffee for this. So I, I uh, woke up to a bunch of voicemails, texts and everything from actual like friends and family, you know, wondering what's going on and concerned and blah, blah, blah. So I just figured I'd, I better address it. Um, there's nothing going on. Um, there's no hard feelings between me and WWE. I love WWE, you know, it's my dream cake. It's uh, all I ever wanted to do. And uh, I didn't come at them with some crazy contract or anything. And they didn't deny me. I have a contract extension sitting in my inbox. Uh, I just don't know what to do. Um, 
you know, the first time I had to retire, it was forced. And this time, the choice is in my lap and it's a lot harder, you know. Um, you know, WWE gave me that night, Friday night in Toronto, and it was the best night of my career. You know, a lot of people will say you should retire at WrestleMania or this or that, but it's not their career. You know, that that Friday night was uh, was really special for me. And I don't know if that can be topped, to be perfectly honest. And and if we think we can, then, then great. But I need to sit with it and I, it, just know that whatever it is that I do, whether it's Percy Jackson, which is coming up soon, um, <laughs> or it's... Uh, wrestling or it's sitting in my rocking chair um, it's because I'm having fun and having fun at this stage of my life and raising my kids are the two most important things so hope that clears stuff up um, I'm gonna go back to my coffee see you all right <laughs> Sam yeah, that's that's the first time I saw that clip and uh, I I I didn't believe it even before that clip, and uh, that kind of clears it up even more. Can we stop leading people astray? I, I don't understand what 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 the what the fun in doing that is. Like, what is your source, honestly? Who are you hearing this from? Like, what kind of bullshit is somebody giving? You, you're talking to some fucking neckbeard in his mom's basement, giving you this information that he has no idea what he's talking about. Well, this is the thing, too. Like, okay, me and you did not go to a journalism school, but we actually know how this media sourcing and all this extra stuff goes. We went to a legitimate media school. Like, when I did the transfers, I've used the same format that we learned in uh, the TV uh, format. They, they showed us a script, what it looked like, what a rundown is, right? So I used that as a template while I was making my transcripts. But even then, I'm like, do you have any, like, literacy, I guess? I guess that's the word, right? Media literacy? Do you have any self-respect or self-awareness to understand that you're leading your audience astray because you don't have enough gumption to do your fucking job and talk to the source? You got to come up with speculation because, oh, all Lynn's coming up this weekend. So let's rub up the idea that Edge is going to go to AEW. <laughs> See, but the problem is, is the people fucking eat it up. Yeah, that's they eat the, it up. That's the problem, and that's what keeps them. That's what keeps them doing it. I get it from a fancy booking idea that oh, it'd be a nice concept for him and Christian to link up together and have another run as a tag team. But like, you want his final legacy to be him and Christian against the best friends. <laughs> And Butcher and Baker and the Candlestick Maker. And, like, come on. Don't get me wrong. Him and FTR would be good. Uh, that that match would be good. Even the 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 Hardly Boys. Even though I'm not a Young Bucks fan, I, 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 I'll even say Edge of Christian and the Young Bucks would be a fine match, okay? But still, like... <laughs> I just love the Hardly Boys. <laughs> I gotta give credit to uh, Courtney for that because uh, it's so true. <laughs> the Hardly Boys. <laughs> um, I no, I don't want to see Edge and CM Punk at Punk's age now. I don't want to see him at Jericho. Him and Olivier will be fine, I guess. But I don't know, man. It's it's just not there. I I. I me visually, 
me seeing it, I don't see it working. No, I can't. I can't even visualize it to be honest with you. So, uh, we got Jose Tony uh, Contreras. Uh, check it out, show. Pre- uh, appreciate you checking out the show, man. Oh man. Um. Well, I, I I don't I don't think anybody's saying that a uh, WWE has a better tag team division. I just think with Edge's career, he rather finish it off as a single. Yeah. In my opinion. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't need to yeah. see him in a tag team. I really don't. I mean, it, at the end of the day, Edge doesn't owe us anything. So if he wants to do stuff in AEW, that's fine. Like, that's his prerogative. Me, personally, I want him to do what he wants to do. And if he wants to finish it out at WrestleMania, cool. If he if, if what happened on Friday is what he wants to have it set off, then so be it. He doesn't owe us any anything. But I, I just, I don't see it. Visually, him ending his career at Revolution or whatever. Because you heard the Dark Mats promo he had after the show, right? He's like, I can't make it past another full year of a run. So, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> join a company, uh, join a new company and be there for two or three years like Ric Flair? No. Like you mentioned earlier? Like, I don't, no. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> for me, it's a mitz. Um, I I just don't see it. No, I'm with you. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Raw. Anything else uh, throughout the week that stood out to you, good, bad, or indifferent? Uh, not off the top. No, I mean I, I love the Nakamura uh, backstage, uh, not the backstage, the vignette or whatever. Um, thought that was really good. You know, um, I think I think him and Rollins is going to be pretty uh pretty yes. stellar. Mm-hmm. Well, this is something I think that should have been happening a long time ago. Is these, um, like you said, the subtitles and catching promos. Those backstage promos are good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you could get rekindle the stuff that he did in New Japan. Uh, I think no, that's a little. Not. I think that's a little past day. So it's been ten years <laughs> since that point. But um, I'm happy for him. It's a new matchup, obviously, on the pay view, which I think is a bonus. I, I know a lot. I know a lot of times we can get to like repetitive feuds and matches and stuff like yeah. that. But I, for it. Being a pay per view match, I have no problem with it being new. Yeah, I, I I think that's cool. Yeah, me too. I, and and honestly, uh, I think that'll be good. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, another thing that is kind of captivating my attention is where this uh, whole thing is going to go with the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. Right. I, I think that could be big money there if they can. Uh, if well, once they once we see where they're going to go with it. Well, last thing on the Seth and uh, Nakamura thing, like I really enjoyed Seth's promo, uh, the, the backstage uh, yes. he had at the because I know sometimes he he relies a lot on the cackling and the Joker uh, characteristics, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, to the point where you talk about his back and then um, uh, you know Nakamura mentioning not being able to hold his daughter when he when it got to the fan part, oh I like that fire. I thought that was good. So. I was, we we got one more week left before payback, so I'm sure these guys will get into a a brew haha, <laughs> if you will, before the uh, pay per view. So I think it'd be pretty cool. Uh, uh, to the street profits point with Lassie, I'm all for. It. I think I think it's gonna be pretty dope. Do you call it her business 2.0? I don't I would, know. No, I, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I think I think you can be a little more creative than that. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? 
I agree, Jose. That promo was top notch. That promo right there is uh, another example we talk about on the show a lot about maximizing your TV time. That and, and yeah. even even with Nakamura these days, I feel like his English has gotten so good over the years that since he's been in America that I think he can. I mean, he can cut a decent promo anyway in English if he wants to. Right. Well, let's let's use the, you know we talk about maximizing TV time, right? Let's let's like use it in a radio. Uh, perspective right so let's say like you're a board op or a producer you're not you're not a, the main host you're not the co-host but you you get to talk sometimes I, I hear it on both stations on the score and espn 1000 where their producers get to speak that's your time to shine too yeah. <laughs> it, you got to maximize it you got to make sure that you obviously you know what you're talking about you got to make the uh most of that opportunity even if you talk for 30 seconds or you get a couple times to show to get your opinion here and there. You got to make the most out of your opportunities, and I, I thought that was cool. And I that I said it before, like having those sit down interviews or having a vignette like that. Like if you have like Michael Cole cut those old school. Remember, I used to play that on the the station a lot. Those Michael Cole uh, WWE com yes. interviews. Yes. I I did that for a reason because it adds a lot to the storylines and the character development stuff and stuff like that and uh, one of the reasons guys like kevin owens and the due day and etc got to elevate their careers because of the stuff they did with those interviews um i think a lot of stuff that happened with the authority angle why it worked so well was that dynamic with him uh triple h and michael cole too so for sure you gotta do more of those um Street Profits and Bobby Lashley, they could make some good business. I honestly think that them and the, the Bloodline could do some good stuff. If you could get a Roman and Lashley match at Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble, yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, it'd be a little different dynamic now that Jay's gone for now. <laughs> we got to figure out what's going to happen with uh, Jimmy Uso tomorrow. Obviously, Roman is taking some time off. Uh, I don't know what's what's gonna be his next appearance or what he's gonna do next. So uh, we gotta see what's gonna happen with Jimmy. Does Rikishi finally show up to the storyline? Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. To be honest with you, we got we gotta think about it. Um, I know that a lot of people are upset about Jimmy's turn on Jay at SummerSlam, but um, I, I trust Paul Heyman's judgment. I'm sure we'll get some more context clues that'll make more sense as the weeks go by. So, uh, obviously, this all this is all storyline, right? Uh, Jose got another comment here. Um, as someone who produced and board off for the score, I definitely agree on maximize your opportunities for sure. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You got to uh, be a board off for the score. That's pretty dope, man. Yeah, he went to school at the same school we went to. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's pretty dope. I, 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 for me, my favorite part of being at the school was learning how to do the board op. Don't get me wrong. It was pretty cool the fact that I was able to have my wrestling show for three hours every week. But uh, this is the part of that process of, like, editing a podcast and Adobe Audition and all stuff. I was just a geek for that <laughs> board op stuff. All that stuff was so much fun. Yeah, it was dope. Um so I'm, I was saying earlier, like you could do Roman and Lashley for a match at uh, SummerSlam. Um, I'm curious, anything you want to hear from Jimmy Uso tomorrow? They're gonna they're gonna stretch this out for a while to see. This is storyline driven with Jay quitting. I, I, it's not legit, obviously. 
So does Rikishi get involved? What, what would you like to see next with the Bloodline? I don't know. I I think I think it could be. Uh, what if it's like at work? What you know in between the Usos? You know what I'm talking about? Right. Like Jimmy get makes his way back in somehow. I don't I don't see that happening considering he called Roman Reigns an asshole on live television. But... <laughs> the, tri- the, the tribal chief is an asshole, but he is a generous tribal chief. <laughs> that's true, that's true. But uh, I don't know. I, all I know is these segments between the Usos and the Bloodline and all that stuff are always golden on SmackDown. And, yeah. And whatever he comes out and says, uh, my eyes will be glued to the television. <laughs> so I don't want to make any assumptions or make any guesses or whatever yeah. because I don't want to look like an idiot. Right. Because every time I seem to make a guess on what's going on with the with the Bloodline, they, they out-create me anyway. So it, it really <laughs> it becomes a moot point. Right. Um I always get a kick out of Paul Heyman whenever Roman shows up. Like, I love you, my tribal chief. I love you, my tribal chief. <laughs> He's so good, man. He's just so good at his job. Oh, man. All right. Um, really quick, I want to mention some other stuff on the show really quick before we wrap this up. Uh, Chad Gable and Gunther went to a countout. I thought it was the right decision. The storyline here is that Gunther continues to underestimate Chad Gable, and Gable beats Gunther at his own game. And it's really getting at the psyche of Gunther, they'll they'll have their match at payback for the title, legitimate. We'll have a full-length match. Uh, but, you know, the five-minute challenge, now this count-out that happened on Monday, I think it's a good storyline, and it's really getting Gunther flustered. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, is going to split, but no. Like, Gunther has always treated those two guys uh, with tough love. I got to say this, though. Lugli Kaiser is the man. <laughs> I love that, dude. Samantha Irvin says that perfectly. Yeah. Look with Kai's. Kai's. <laughs> that guy is hilarious, man. You will not besmirch the ring, Yanala. <laughs> and I'll tell you, Chad Gable's definitely making the most of this to himself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Chad and Gable I, has proven time and time again that he is, he is the real deal. He's good, man. Shout out to uh, Maxine Dupree as well. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, so... We got to see what's going to happen next with Cody Rhodes. He's kind of like in a holy pattern now until we see what the next dude is. I I think it's going to be either Drew McIntyre or Randy Orton. Sam, I really think that's my best guess of whose next real rivalry is going to be. Yeah, if I had to guess who takes the strap off him, I think it'll be about Drew McIntyre. Rollins or Cody? You, of, you're talking uh, about... I, I was saying oh, the I, next rivalry for Cody, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. for Cody. For yeah. Cody. You think a heel Drew McIntyre, possibly? Yeah. I'm the, all about it. I've been waiting for a Drew heel turn for quite a while. It just something has to happen either where Drew turns on Riddle or Orton comes back and attacks Cody. I, I think that's the next big, big feud for Cody, for, Sounds good in my me. opinion. So. Yeah. Um, and then they had the six-man um Monday had a loud crowd, so I thought Raw was pretty decent uh, this past yes. Monday. Um, they had um, in Quebec, Quebec City, <laughs> uh, Sami Zayn and KO country. So it was always cool to see him show up. I don't know. It, it's just, just me. Every, every time Kevin Owens comes out and beats up Dominic, I just start laughing my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's probably laughing in his head, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoop his ass. Whoop his ass. Whoop his ass. <laughs> All right. So... Uh, last thing we'll mention here for this week in WWE is um, NXT Heat Wave, um, a special that happened on NXT on Tuesday. 
if you guys haven't seen Ilya Dragunov and Trick Williams, I totally recommend you guys go check out that match because that match was fucking dope. Uh, Dragunov, I think, could be a big-time player if given the right opportunities, uh, in my opinion. I think he could be a big star, but um, he's he's killing it, man, in NXT. I'm not surprised, man. It, it always gives me some extra like happiness to see the guys from NXT UK do good on NXT because... Uh, for those who've watched the show for a long time, know that uh, NXT UK was my favorite show that WWE was producing for a long time. And um, so to see Dragunov have success like that is just dope. And then um, uh, the other one was uh, Nathan Frazier and Noah Dar. Noah Dar is your new Heritage Cup champion. I thought that was a good match as well. And then, uh, oh, Carmelo Hayes and Wesley was the main event this week from uh, TV. And they did... <laughs> Carmelo Hayes did this like springboard fadeaway DDT off the ropes through the uh, announce table. It was yeah. fucking insane. So that sounds pretty freaking cool. I got I got to check out the show. I wasn't able to catch it uh, right away, so I'm probably actually I'm probably that's probably what I'm gonna go do after the show tonight. Also, I gotta say this: uh, the acting genes have not come to uh, one Ava Rain yet. I'm not gonna bury the girl yet, but <laughs> her promos this week were rough. Uh, not, not I could be fair here. <laughs> yeah. Gotta call a spade a yeah. spade on this show, man. Yeah. So th- that was not that that that's that was the definition of not maximizing <laughs> TV time. Uh, but I think XC is picking up some momentum. Some people like Booger T's commentary. Some people don't. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> no. Shucky ducky quack quack. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sounds like he's taking his shit, man. He really does. He really does. He really does. Um, all right. On that note, it's time for the main event. And if you're easily offended or don't like criticism for AW, that's a you problem, not a me problem. It's time for another stellar edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Or start this bad boy off in a three, a two, a one. Your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. I'm telling you, my time is right now. Right this minute, 2022. We're living in my time is now. My time is right. God damn now. The quality of the product and the quality of the shows is at an all-time high right now. But I do know that it's a real war between AEW and WWE. I'm still cashing fat checks, and I am still banging the hottest bitch in this entire place. (laughs) It's time for... What the hell is wrong with A-E-W? Brought to you by The Observer. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Alright then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the time for our main event segment here on the podcast at Hoots. It's uh, time for what the hell's wrong with AW. Ironically, uh, on a positive tip, uh, I thought Dynamite was a passable show this week, so you're not going <laughs> to hear me uh, lose my mind this week uh, as opposed to last week's episode. If you guys heard that one, uh, that was a real doozy. Um, I don't know what it says about AEW, but um, the fact that you're having Ring of Honor, I, I get the tie-in with Ed, Adam Cole and MJF. I want to start off with this, Sam. I get the tie-in with Adam Cole and MJF since they have the, the pre-show match, but I, Aussie, Aussie Open and Hardy Boys as the main event of your go-home show, uh, nah. It's like they're incapable of having the main event segment on the show be a talking segment. It always has to be a match, and I, I, I thought that was a miss. Don't get me wrong. The Hardys are cool to still see on TV. I have nothing against Matt or Jeff, but nobody gives a shit about the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. I'm just being up, up front and honest with this. So it's not just me, man. I'm going to play a clip here from Eric Bischoff that we, <laughs> me and Sam took a look over it before the show went on air today. So you guys get to hear it right now. So uh, we know right now at all in, it's going to be at the zero hour. It's going to be, um, <laughs> MGF and Ad Cole taking on Aussie open for the AW, uh, my bad for the ring of honor world tag team titles. So let's hear what Eric Bischoff has to say about this situation. What do you think of the way they've started to announce some of these matches for All In? It looks like we're going to have Adam Cole and MJF in the pre-show wrestling a tag match for the Ring of Honor tag team titles. And then they're going to wrestle again in the main event for the world title. That's an interesting idea, I suppose. I don't remember seeing anything like that. What do you think of that? I think it's stupid. Okay. I, I don't get it. I, it, it look, it. I don't know what else to say. I think it's stupid. I, I think it dilutes the interest in in, in the main event. I, I, I don't understand why they're doing it other than to showcase Ring of Honor, whatever. Um, we'll see. You know, I'll wait and see. It, it's, it's unique. I'll say that. It's unique. <laughs> he said it perfectly there. Like, you had this... <laughs> I, here's my issue with it. Having a major world title match in that type of show should not have the same two people fighting on the pre-show for tag titles that don't mean shit. No. And if this, if, if the only tie is that, oh, this is where we'll find out who will turn on each other. Why couldn't you do it on TV? Why do I need to watch a pre-show to see a heel turn? Like, I, I don't get it. Can somebody make that make sense to me? I, I don't know if I've ever seen something like that before. That just doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? <laughs> let's, let's use this for example, right? Let, let's say it's uh, Roman and Cody from last year's Wrestle, uh, WrestleMania, right? And they're a tag team <laughs> on night one of WrestleMania taking on... Um, gosh, I can't even remember who's the NXT tag team champions now. Um... Oh, t- Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo. I like those two guys, by the way. I, I, I enjoy their work. Same case here with Aussie Open. I, I've been a big fan of their work since New Japan. I, I think they're a really, really good tag team. But nobody gives a shit about Ring of Honor. They have the name, 
and you watch the show, and it's AW Dark, just with Ring of Honor logos on it. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So to have that as a pre-show and that being the tool for the turn, I, I just, it's stupid. I don't know what else to say than just that. It's dumb. So, yeah. um, not as dumb as this feud with Chris Jericho and Don Callis. Don Callis can't figure out figure out who he wants to feud with. One minute's Olivier, the next is Jericho, and their thirty four years of uh, friendship as if anybody gives a fuck. I, I will say that uh, Will Osprey saved the segment for me. Um, I thought he told a good story. He said basically that he's better than everybody. The elite punk Danielson. Uh, he's, he's not wrong. I mean, no, Will Osprey is definitely one of the best top tier wrestlers out there right now. Um, and he's doing this now for his stepson. You know, it's funny. He's actually doing an independent show the night before um, All In against Shingo Takagi. I think he's at the at the Rev Pro show, and um, it, it's gonna be pretty cool. Actually, I. I I, I'm, I'm happy for Osprey that he's getting the spotlight, but for him to go in there, he, he can't lose to Jericho. That's all I'm going to say. He, he, he can't. <laughs> I, I, that, that'll show you who has the power over this partnership with AEW and New Japan. That's all I'm going to say. So. Uh, <laughs> you might be disappointed. <laughs> I, I might, and it's the, the premise that you need that Don Callis needs to bring Will Osprey as a um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a mercenary, like a guy that gets paid off to attack people, right? A mercenary, and um, I we'll see, man. Jericho said that <laughs> he said this on Dynamite last night. He's like, "This is the biggest match in his career. This is bigger than any WrestleMania that he was on." I'm like, "What? Seriously?" <laughs> yeah, he doesn't mean that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Like he's like, I'm doing this for all the social media dipshits who are trying to <laughs> predict the end of my career. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're acknowledging something, you freaking twat. <laughs> um, but anyways, <laughs> um, I I just watched the show last night, and it's like this show's not worth fifty bucks. I mean, you could tell, oh. you could tell all the numbers of the people that are going to the show but the card is just there i mean I, i'm excited for punk and joe i think it'll be a good match obviously but we've seen it already on collision ftr and the young bucks i for me should be the main event of the show um but the rest is just there I, I, am i am i looking at it the wrong way i mean do you care that uh Darby and Sting are having a coffin match, uh tag team coffin match against Swerve and Christian Cage. No. I mean <laughs> here, I'll be positive here. Let me bring up something that uh that really popped me yesterday from uh Dynamite. because uh, <laughs> Christian Cage is a trip, man. He he has a fatuation <laughs> with just talking about people's uh fathers and stuff. It's just fucked up, man. It really is. <laughs> He's such a good heel, man. It really is. Um, let me find this here. Hold up. I got it right here, actually. Here we go. Uh, Christian Cage. <laughs> I, 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 You always have clues of, you know, something bad's going to happen. So when time he comes out with that fucking turtleneck, <laughs> you know you're a good heel when you come out with a turtleneck. You just look like a jackass. <laughs> uh, so here we go. This is what happened last night on Dynamite with uh, Christian Cage and Nick Wayne. 
farther. I'm not going to go down that path because let's. And the actual TNT champion, Luchasaurus. Are you going to introduce me to your little friend? I think I know who this guy is. I heard a lot about you. Nick Wayne. It's nice to meet you in person, finally, Nick. I've heard a lot about you. I heard about your story, and I understand that you have a father. Oh, no. And your father is dead. Christian, get rid of him. Can we get rid of I also understand that your father was a professional wrestler. Well, I've never heard of your father, Buddy Wayne, before, so he must not have been very good. Buddy Wayne's the man that trained Darby The good Allen. news for you, though, Nick, is that because your father was such a talentless hack, you don't have a lot to live up to. so fucked up man <laughs> but that's the thing with wrestling man like <laughs> i don't know man that's that's the posse man it, I it, love Christian. he's a trip <laughs> but again it's it's just weird like how you're gonna go from this uh webley show to the united center pay-per-view the next weekend i don't know what do you do yeah. two pay-per-views back-to-back weekends i don't know mm. Yeah, that that seems like such a strange way to do things, but I mean, uh, I'm not I'm not the leader of the company or anything. So, yeah. uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. I haven't had a chance to talk with you about this for a while. Um, your thoughts on um, them still allowing uh, Cash Wheeler to go to the UK, uh, given um, his situation with him getting arrested recently? Um, I get it that his uh, passport was not taken away from him, but um, at what point do you put? Oh, I need my seven star match here and actually focus on the optics that your company is going on. I mean, like, I'm not here accusing Cash Wheeler of anything, but to uh, enable bad press is just odd to me. You're going to have to inform me. I didn't know he got arrested. Yeah, so this happened about a week and a half ago, and this is something that was a war, and it came out three weeks prior for a, a road rage incident where really? um, he uh, pulled out a gun during the situation in uh, Florida. Florida, go figure, right? <laughs> a Florida man. Yeah, a Florida man. <laughs> it's like, it's so weird. To, they made them the announcement that those guys were going to fight in the pay-per-view, right? And then, oh, here's footage of Cash Wheeler having to talk to a judge about a serious situation that went down. Again, I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but you don't know what happened with the situation yet. Yet you're going to still have this match and no consequences of anything. We have to have the match now. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's a tricky thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I think FTR and Young Bucks will have a good match. I, Despite my feelings on the Hardly Boys, those two matches with FTR have been good. I, I give credit where credit's due. But at what point do you put optics, then you're fucking need to be the booker of the year and all this stupid shit. Yeah, that's, that's a rough position to, I mean... I mean, I, I won't, I won't lie. It's a tough position to be in. Do you pull the match or do you, or whatever? Uh, because it, the first thing you're looking at is business, and business comes first. I mean, it always has, it always will. Um, whether he wants to to put some kind of punishment on him down the line, maybe he's waiting for all the facts. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's a tough look for sure. Right. 
Um, so Dynamite wouldn't be Dynamite without a bunch of afterbirth brawls, Aubrey Edwards <laughs> being a fucking delusional ref. Uh, I will say this. My favorite part of Dynamite last night was uh, Billy Gunn coming out to make the save for the acclaim. They'll be fighting the House of Black in a trios match for their titles at uh, All In. And I thought his promo was pretty good, too, actually. So I thought those were good. Uh, the MJF, uh, Adam Cole, sit-down interviews with Renee were good. But, of course, it's Renee on TV. So, of course, uh, it's a good visual. Um, and then, what else? Believe it or not, you're going to be surprised to hear this from me. I actually enjoyed the first John Moxley match in 2023. Oh, my. Where's the, where's the applause sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> yeah! He's counting on deck! <laughs> Uh, it happened, and I, you, I have to thank Ray Phoenix for it. <laughs> Seriously, this it's so crazy how much John Moxie has regressed overall in 2023, but that match uh, last night was pretty good. Um, but besides, again, I just had this feeling where it's like, okay, I think it's cool, the whole thing. Oh, we got 8,000 people. I heard it like 50 different times last night. We got 8,000 people, but... I don't know. Do I feel like the company's, oh, we're back to being this legitimate threat? No. I don't. You're up. Here's my look at AW. You're a more upscale version of TNA. That That's what it is. TNA with more money. TNA with more money and a WWE rehab center. That, that's what it is. Yeah. So, um, Really quick, is there any AEW thoughts you wanted to uh, share? Uh, you, do, do you like Collision? Is there anything you wanted to mention here? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I watched one episode of Collision. <laughs> I can't even get through an episode of Dynamite, man, and these guys want me to watch Collision? I can't do it. No. <laughs> no, I can't. Poor, poor Rampage is at a velocity. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we saw that coming a mile away. Look what time it comes on. Look what day it comes on, you know? Of course. <laughs> um, are you ready to hear my excrement impression as I run down this card? Yeah. I look forward to it every time. <laughs> There's 11 matches on this card, by the way, so uh, oh, wish me, me luck. Hang on. Let me break out the stopwatch here. Let's see. All right. All right. You. All right. Start whenever you're ready. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Coming to you live from Wembley Stadium this Sunday. It's AW All In live on pay per view. Get to your pay per view. Go to your local David Busters and get AW right now on Fight TV. Right now on AW Plus. On the Zero Hour, we have the FCW Championship match. It's Jack Perry against Hook. And the main event of Zero Hour, it's for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. It's Aussie Open taking on a team of better than you, baby. MJF and Adam Cole. From there, we have. FTR putting their AEW World Tag Team titles against the Young Bucks. The four-way match for the AEW Women's World Championship. It's Carl Sheeta taking on Tony Storm, Soraya, and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. It's the coffin match. Darby Allen and Sting taking on Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage. And from there, we have a trios match. It's the Golden Elite. Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and Hangman Page taking on the team of Who Gives a Fuck About Me, 
Kenosik Takesha, and Bullet Club Gold members Juice Robinson and Jake White. Right there, it's Football Fuckery International Edition Stadium Stampede. <laughs> it's Eddie Kingston, Pockets, Fuck Taylor, and Tremperetta and Penta taking on the team of the Blackpool Cuckold Club and Santana Ortiz. From there, we have a special grudge match. <laughs> Will Ospreay taking on the demo guy, Chris Jericho. The match here for the real world championship is CM Punk against Samoa Joe. And for the AW World Trio Championships, it's the House of Black taking on Billy, Cl- Billy Gunn and Acclaim. And our main event for the AW World Championship, it's MJF taking on Adam Cole. Get your tickets right now at AWTIX.com. That's AWTIX.com. <laughs> yeah! Hell yeah. You got a minute 46. Oh, that's awesome. That's tremendous. <laughs> well done. That was excellent. You popped me so hard. <laughs> oh, tremendous. Who gives a, well, seriously, who gives a shit about Takesha? <laughs> Wonderful! No! no. <laughs> God, I love this show. Oh, so much fun. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what's more fitting for to wrap up this segment this week, but uh, to mention that Tony Khan said that Sting's having the best run of his career right now in AEW, which I just thought is fucking hilarious. Come on. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I'm on pins and needles for uh, Tony Khan to uh, dodge gazillion questions about whether or not the uh, Punk and Elite are going to get along with each other. Hey, you got a football team. Let's have a bunch of burials because uh, fucking grown-ass man can't handle their own issues. <laughs> so hopefully no fights break out <laughs> this weekend in London. Well, uh, if, there, if there is, though, we'll certainly have something to talk about, won't we? Yeah, the best thing about this uh, pay-per-view coming up on Sunday is the fact that it's early during the day. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the zero hour starts at noon Chicago time, I believe. For those, uh, No, actually 11 o'clock um, for the pre-show, and then noon is the start of the show. So uh, check it out there. Um, I'll make some make quick predictions here on my end. Um, I have Aussie Open win. I think Adam Cole will be the one to turn on NGF. Um, I got Hook beating Jack Perry. Uh, Jack Perry uh, has no charisma. He cannot match what his father brought to the camera screens. Um, I think FTR will lose to the Young Bucks, unfortunately, due to this situation. I have the beautiful Soraya getting her title from Sheeta. I think Sheeta will be a transitional champion. Um, I have Swerve and Christian Kate. No, actually, I have Darby and Sting winning the coffin match. Sting never loses in AEW. Uh, have the Golden Elite against the Who Gives a Fuck About Me Bullet Club edition. And then I got uh, BCC probably winning that dumb stadium stampede match. Osprey over Jericho. Punk retains against Joe. Um, I think House of Black retains over uh, the Acclaim. And Adam Cole will lose to MJF. And then they'll have a rematch the following week at All Out. So those are my predictions. No. <laughs> By the way, there's only two matches announced for this United Center show. It's Darby Allen against Luchasaurus. Or, uh, my bad, Dino Douche. And then uh, it's Miro <laughs> against uh, Powerhouse Haas. That should be a pretty good match, actually. Uh, brother, I think you're muted. Yep, yeah, I was just, I, all I was saying was that that should be a pretty good one. Yeah. 
Well, we're on pins and needles for the next Tony Khan media scrum after this pay-per-view on Sunday, right? <laughs> Sam's facial expression says it all. And on that note, that is what the hell is wrong with AEW. <laughs> This has been What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, before we say goodbye on this fun episode of the podcast i know it was very uh heavy in the beginning part of the show but we wanted to give our uh condolences and our uh gratitude and uh, flowers out to bray white and uh terry funk your memories will last forever guys um but before we head out here we have a segment that we do each week and the guy who helped me create the segment is here actually so it's time ladies and gentlemen for the clown of the week let's check this out I can't I can't do it I can't do a repeat of the white socks. It's just too easy of a pick for me to do the white socks. I can't. Um I got How about Jim Ursay? Jim Irsay, the stuff with Jonathan Taylor is uh, definitely a worthy pick. Um, you know what? I, I got one. I'm going to give it to Stephen A. Smith and Ryan Clark this week. Ah, good one. Um, Stephen A. Uh, talking out of place, talking about that Lonzo Ball can't sit up. <laughs> you seen this video? Yeah, uh, I saw yeah, so that's one out there. That's just bad sourcing and all that. Also, Ryan Clark uh, questioning Tua Tagovailoa's uh, work ethic. Um, that's the man. He may not like what a player does or thinks he's not good at a job, but questioning the guy's work ethic like that, I I don't know. The it's, guy they're, made they're, it to the NFL. Like, how can you? Yeah. How do you question somebody's work ethic that's well, made it that far? Well, isn't there like a more cold with anybody that's played football? I played football before, and even like that, you keep stuff in the locker room, and you don't talk about other people's work ethic like that, especially when you're getting paid a zillion bucks by people right. who never played football before, and now you—you you, you may you, as well just yeah. be spitting in the man's face. So I, I'm gonna give it to a combo platter of Stephen A. Smith. And Ryan Clark for the clown of the week. Clowns. I'm not clown. 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 You're big. Clown. 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 All right, guys. We're going to put a ribbon on the bow in this week's edition of the Hoops Podcast, man. Episode 375. Uh, we're 25 episodes away from reaching episode 400. Uh, I appreciate each and every single one of you who came out. Said we had a lot of interaction, a lot of different viewers during this live stream, so I appreciate you guys. Uh, if you guys could do me a favor, like this video and subscribe to our channel so you never miss an episode of the Hoots Podcast. Um, also, make sure to um, subscribe to the channel so we can get up to 1,000. That's our goal. 
We're currently at 470, I think, right now. So we're getting closer and closer. So uh, we're on the road to 1,000 subscribers. And also, check out the audio edition of the podcast on Spotify. Uh, if you could check it out and share it with your friends, that would help us a lot because we need to get 100 uh, Spotify listeners to qualify for uh, ambassador ads. So uh, if you guys could do this favor for me, it, it doesn't cost you any money just to share a couple links out to people. That's it. <laughs> Press play on a couple episodes, and it really would help us out a lot. So I appreciate the support. Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you'd like at the Hoots Podcast. I'm at Instagram at Josh Lopez Media. Um, um, that's pretty much it for plugs for me. Um, Sam, really quick, uh, let everybody know where they can find you in the world of social media. Uh, find my lovely social media account, my X account, not Twitter. <laughs> my X account at Second City Sam. Same thing with uh, same thing with Instagram. Same thing with everything. Find me at Second City Sam. You probably won't regret it, or you might, depending on how you feel about certain things. So. <laughs> Brother, I, I, I'm appreciative of you for uh, coming on, man. I know this hasn't been an easy week for you, and um, my thoughts are with you and your family, obviously. And um, I appreciate you, uh, your brotherhood for all these years and being supportive and all that. It's always a blast uh, shooting the shit with you, man. And um, I hope sooner or later we can do this in person and uh, hang out more. And um, I appreciate you, my man. For sure, man. I really appreciate you having me on. This has been uh, a good release for me. It's been, it's like you said, it's been a hell of a couple of weeks, and uh, this actually really helped me out a lot, so I appreciate it. Shout out to Joe. The sentiment is uh, appreciated here, man. Love you, brother. Hey, love you too, man. Uh, Sam, I love you, man. Um, I love each and every one of you for uh, rocking with us, man, uh, especially for episodes like this, when situations like this go now. I know a lot of people would be uncomfortable recording a podcast, but I think this is when we're at our best, when uh, situations like this go on. We have some real authentic conversations, man. And I just want, as I always say, man, uh, be the authentic product that is yourself. Remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself and the man upstairs, man. Got to be present. Uh, appreciate what you have and, you know, Difficult things are going to come and go, and you're going to be tested and a lot of that. And, um, you know, we're going to have bad days. I'm not going to be naive to think we're going to have bad days and everything is uh, uh, rainbows and butterflies. It's not. But um, even the times when you're being tested, that's where your t- uh, character shows. And um, if no matter if you're dealing with the loss of a family member or a friend or a relationship or losing your job, whatever the situation is, man, you got to keep yourself strong because you're going to keep yourself whole, not anybody else. Just remember that, okay? So I love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll be here next week to recap. Hopefully <laughs> a good show. Uh, hey, 80,000 people doesn't guarantee it's going to be a good pay-per-view, but that's just my opinion. Uh, but we'll be here to check it out, and then we'll do a preview for payback uh, next week too. So for Sam, I'm Joshy. This has been episode 375 the Hoots Podcast and we'll talk to you morose motherfuckers later. Yes sir. Bye bye bitch. <laughs>